Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. How much longer will justice be? Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne, and I'm so glad you could join me for this half hour-ish uh, amount of time that we'll talk about faith and how it connects to the world that we're living in right now. I am um, a really, really hope-filled person. Uh, I believe in joy. I like that old song, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Uh, And yet, this show is going to be a little bit heavy because you may have seen the news that we, we, I mean, we just keep having mass shootings in our country. And I know many of you around the world are listening into this show baffled by um, how we continue to see so many lives lost to gun violence in America. Um, The gun violence archive that keeps track of mass shootings defines mass shootings as four or more people who are shot. And right now we're at 147 mass shootings in 2023 which means there have not even been that many days, which means we're averaging more than one mass shooting a day. Uh, And you think of all the people, not just that are, that die from these, but all of the people that are injured, that are impacted. I mean, we're talking just thousands and thousands of people who are being impacted by these shootings. And um, of course, one of the other news stories in our country has been, uh, the, the some of the legislators in Tennessee, particularly Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, who uh, incidentally, Justin Jones is a dear friend that we've collaborated with for years. He's a part of Red Letter Christians. He's an incredible young uh, black lawmaker in Tennessee and uh, along with um, uh, Representative Gloria. So these three folks raise their voices as representative legislators in Tennessee and they were ousted, uh, two of them. The, in fact, it's very noteworthy that the um, white woman was not uh, expelled from the legislature, uh, but both of the young African-American uh, Congress uh, or uh, representatives were. Now, Justin's been reinstated. We're headed down to Tennessee this week to stand in solidarity with them. But they were, uh, Justin said, we were raising our voices about assault weapons and the legislature assaulted democracy. Um, they they literally undermined the voice of the people. They turned their microphones off. They wouldn't allow them to speak. And so I'm so proud of the good trouble they got into. Uh, and now thousands and thousands of folks uh, have been filling the streets after this mass shooting. It was um, uh, six folks who died in that school in Nashville. And I mean, there's been several mass shootings since then. So it's already, you know, kind of lost the news story. But three of those were nine-year-olds, nine-year-old kids. And so we're, we're, we're rising up with the young people, y'all. 
and saying it doesn't have to be this way. And I want to see my fellow Christians, uh, who, many of whom um, really embrace this idea that we're pro-life. I, I would love to see us in the forefront of this, but I want to spend a little time thinking about this. We've done a, a number of conversations on gun violence. We've hosted whole panels and forums on gun violence, but it's important to keep saying it and keep organizing um, because this is not going away. In fact, in get this, during COVID, over just the past couple of years, gun violence hit the highest numbers that we've seen in modern history. In fact, gun violence became the number one cause of death of American children. Number one, above cancer or car accidents, guns are now claiming more lives than anything else for our young people. So, you know, it's impossible to say that we're pro-life and to ignore uh, gun violence. And uh, right now it's about 40, over 40,000 lives uh, every single year that are being lost to gun violence in our country. In my lifetime, uh, I'm 47 years old, and in my lifetime, we've had more lives lost to gun violence than in all of the casualties of all of America's wars throughout history combined. I mean, unbelievable. When we wrote the book Beating Guns uh, about gun violence and faith um, just a few years ago, the statistic was 90 lives a day that are lost. In fact, we had to edit that and revise it to say 100. And now that number is 120 lives every single day that are lost to guns. Now, you know, there's there's folks, especially people of faith, when you bring this up, folks go, well, 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 this is not a gun problem. It's a heart problem. It's a sin problem. It's a human problem. And uh, we, we like to say that it can be both a heart problem and a gun pro- problem, a policy problem and a personal problem, right? But the fact is that every country in the world has folks who have sinful hearts, uh, who they have the heart problem. We, we've, we're, we're broken people. Uh, folks, are, every country has folks that are filled with hatred or that are prone to do violence, um, that are racist. Uh, but what is unique about America and where we stand alone is our access to guns and, and, and not just any guns, but uh, weapons that can do so much destruction. Uh, it's not a coincidence that that shooting in Nashville was um, by a young person who had acquired multiple assault rifles. And these are guns. These are weapons that are designed for one purpose which is to kill as many people as possible as quickly as possible. And that's exactly what they keep getting used for over and over. So there's definitely the heart issue. And and that's why, you know, I, I um, think we need to talk about uh, what it takes to heal a culture that's addicted to violence. I mean, it's in our video games, it's uh, in our music, it's, it's, um, 
uh, in our movies and films. It's all around us. Uh, we, especially as people who aspire to follow the Prince of Peace as Christians, uh, we've got to train ourselves in nonviolence. We've got to discipline ourselves in the fruit of the spirit, you know, peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and love and joy, those things, like we want those to be inside of us. So it's almost like we, we, we've got to create some spiritual exercises, y'all, some holy habits, uh, just like you got to do some push-ups or jog or do something to keep your body healthy. We've got to, we've got to keep our soul healthy and we've got to stay near to Jesus and learn nonviolence. Uh, so there's the heart problem, but there's also this gun problem. And, and I just want to, I want to make it plain that, you know, the, the violence in our hearts, I mean, this thing goes all the way back to Cain and Abel. You know, when I was writing my newest book, Rethinking Life, one of the things that I learned was that the word sin first appears, not in the Garden of Eden in, in scripture. Um, it first appears after the Garden of Eden, I mean, we, we think of the Garden of Eden as kind of the original sin, the fall when we ate from the forbidden fruit. But the, the word sin first appears in the murder of Cain and Abel. That's when we see the word used in the concept that the fallenness of humanity, the, the, the uh, like inaugural act outside the Garden of Eden is violence. This is a brother killing, you know, a man killing his own brother. And as you read that story, I mean, it's so powerful. There, there's layers of depth that I, I kind of go into detail as I, I wrote this new book. But it, it, um, it says the blood cries out to God from the ground. The blood cries out to God from the ground. And scholars point out that the word for blood is plural. It's not just um, Abel's blood that cries out to God, but it's all the blood. It always cries out to God. And the verb tense is not past tense, that the blood cried out when Abel was killed, but it cries out. It continues to cry out. It's in the singular. So you think of all of the blood that's been shed over the centuries, that blood cries out to God from the ground. And anytime we shed the blood of another person, it goes back to that inaugural sin. Uh, of of murder and and we see that you know violence perpetuate and God grieving um, the human condition of our violence but you know so even if we got uh, this is why it's not just a gun problem like in the UK and many parts of the world there's a knife problem there's always a violence problem in our you know in any society but. Uh, and there are folks that say, you know, if we got rid of all the guns, people would still find ways to kill other folks. And they're exactly right. I mean, you know, you can use the car as a weapon. We've seen it done recently by white supremacists in our country that drive cars into crowds or um, uh, in, in one of the bombing, the, the acts of terrorism in the U.S., uh, a pressure cooker was used and turned into a bomb in the Boston Marathon, right? So, I mean, we we can we we are we, we, the 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 devil is fruit, and we can find terrible ways to harm other people. But this is where the guns are so unique in our country is that these 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 things are designed to take lives, and when even you know, folks often talk about the Second Amendment. The, that we attribute, you know, the right to bear arms to. But we're going to talk about that just, just a little bit. But even when the Second Amendment was written, the folks who were writing it 
wrote into the amendment that it should be well-regulated. That's what the Second Amendment says, well-regulated. And when they wrote the Second Amendment, guns fired one round a minute, maybe two rounds if you were quick. But now our guns fire over a hundred rounds a minute. We had a shooting recently uh, just a, a block away from us, and it was an assault rifle. And the law enforcement folks told us that there were uh, 40 rounds that were fired um, in just a matter of seconds. Um, and two people lost their lives. So this isn't just like you know hypotheticals. This is real. I mean, we... I mean, one of the other ironies is here in Philadelphia, in my city, um, fireworks are illegal, <laughs> right? Fireworks because they're dangerous. And so we you can have sparklers and stuff, but you can't have the big fireworks. They're technically illegal. People still have them. But anyway, like they, 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 there's regulations on fireworks and you can get in really big trouble if you're, you know, buying them or selling them. But the irony is while fireworks are illegal, AR-15s are not. Assault rifles are still legal in our streets. In fact, my wife, who grew up in North Carolina, she has a, a knife, a hunting knife that um, she, uh, I mean, she uses it for everything. So she's often got it in her pocket. But a police officer saw her and told her that her knife was illegal, that it's too big. <laughs> Like so, you you can't have a knife more than four inches long, but you can have a gun that shoots a hundred rounds a minute. So this is where we find ourselves. And um, just to to for folks, you know that are, you know are watching these mass shootings. So uh, the gun violence archive again is now saying that we we've, we've had. I mean, this is a record number. Uh, we're averaging more than one mass shooting with four or more people shot in in one incident. Uh, more than one a day, so 147, and it'll be more probably, um, heaven forbid, but it'll probably be more by the time you're listening to this show because it's every single day. But here's what's wild. Those mass shootings, I mean, some of, the, some of them are dozens of people killed. We've got memorials on our wall um, uh, here in Philly of, of, of the victims of gun violence and, and the mass shootings that we remember. But those mass shootings are less than 2%. Less than 2% of our overall gun deaths in America. So, let I mean, let that sink in. All of the other lives that, you know, their names are not necessarily known. Their, their stories uh, don't always make the news. Those, those 120 lives lost every day with just a small percentage of those being mass shootings. So the mass shootings, I mean, they're horrific and they should make the news. But every one of those lives that's lost is a child of God. God knows their names. Uh, a person made in the image of God. Um, what's What's also interesting is that um, to, even though right now, this is our statistic, we have more guns than people in America. More guns than people. We've got five times more gun dealers than McDonald's restaurants. I mean, I'm throwing some stuff out there, but you, I mean, check it out for yourself. All of our our facts we we triple checked and they're in in our book beating guns and i write about a lot of them in my new book too uh, rethinking life but five times more gun dealers than mcdonald's restaurants in the united states so we got more guns than people now we're manufacturing nine and a half million guns a year so that's twenty six thousand guns a day that we're putting out into the world 
a thousand guns an hour, 18 guns a minute. One, it's one gun every three seconds, y'all. That's what we're producing in the world. So as we think of God's dream for the world, I'm pretty sure that's not it, right? It's not for 120 people to lose their lives, for our, our kids to live without fear, uh, to live you know, in constant fear of gun violence in their schools. Uh, uh, and and I, I remember this parent telling me that she, she asked her kid, how was your day at school? This is an elementary school kid. And the kid said, it was terrible. We, pract- we had to practice dying today. That's what the kid, elementary school kid said. We had to practice dying today because they had an active shooter drill. And the kids, that's how they, I mean, they're experiencing this. So we're, we're getting, we're preparing to die in school. So it doesn't have to be this way, y'all. We can choose to protect kids um, instead of guns. And I, I want to say that this is also very interesting. Even though we've got more guns than people, two-thirds of Americans live unarmed, live without guns. Two-thirds of Americans live without guns, even though we've got more guns than people. So what does that mean? That means a few people have a whole lot of guns. In fact, it's less than 3% of our population that own almost half of the guns. And they're averaging about 20 guns per person. That's this small percentage, right? And those are the folks that I I often say, the problem is not gun owners. The problem in our country is gun extremists and gun profiteers. The folks that have a vested interest in protecting guns instead of children. And and it should should be said that, um, that a lot of this is about a form of idolatry. I'm going to use that word, y'all. Um, I mean, that's a it's a religious word, right? But idols, idols are things that we treat with this sort of reverence. We attribute almost a godlike, sacred power to them, and they're they're not God, but we sometimes act like they are. And and idols are things that we're willing to die for and kill for and sacrifice our children for. And that's why I think it's not extreme to say that guns have become a form of idolatry. I mean, you think of that that verse in the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 20 that said, some may trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our God. Uh, my friend Andy Crouch has written about idolatry and he, he says, he puts it this way, he says, idols began by offering great things for a very small price, but all idols then fail more and more consistently to deliver on their original promises and they ratchet up their demands. Uh, Andy, you know, as he talks about idolatry, he, he points out that there's, there's these, you know, promises that idols make, but they, they always fail us. There are things that we put our trust in that are not God, but they act like they are. We act like they are. And and you think of, um, I mean, some of the the reverence that we have uh, around guns. Uh, I mean, there's even, you know, images of Jesus with an AR-15 now that say, if he had had an AR-15 instead of a cross, 
then the story might have ended differently. <laughs> You're like, oh, what in the world? I know y'all in other countries are like, what is going on? But oh, there's that old saying, I think it was George Bernard Shaw, right? That said, God created us in his image and we decided to return the favor. <laughs> and we recreate a version of God that um, is the one that we would prefer. And I think this has always been a challenge, right? That we would prefer some of, you know, many of us, uh, many people would rather have a Messiah that came and cleaned house rather than died on the cross. I mean, even Peter, as he's hearing about Jesus dying, he's like, no, man, you don't die. Like, you're you're God. Like, take these suckers out. You know, they want to call down fire from heaven. And yet I think at that time when Peter picks up his sword and cuts off a guy's ear, um, and Jesus scolds him and says, no, Peter, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. There's another way. And he heals the man that Peter wounded. Tertullian and the early Christians, you know, they saw that as the final confrontation with redemptive violence. If ever there was a case to be made to use violence to for good, to try to protect the innocent, Peter had the case, but Jesus scolds him and says no. And, and Tertullian said, when Jesus disarmed Peter, he disarmed every one of us, every Christian. There's no excuse for violence. And there comes a point where, you know, the early Christians say, for Christ, we can die, but we cannot kill. And I, I, I'm convinced and I want to, you know, invite my, my fellow Christians in America to, to really consider, you know, can we follow Jesus? who said, love your enemies and simultaneously prepare to kill them. I mean, can we really serve two masters? The one who said, turn the other cheek and love your enemy and the NRA, the gun extremists who are saying, stand your ground and nothing should get in the way of our guns. In fact, uh, Charlie Kirk even just uh, admitted that we've got to come up, we've got to be at peace with uh, people dying for the sake of freedom in the Second Amendment. I mean, he's created this idolatry of guns. It's saying it's, you know, people are going to die. It's just how it works, you know, and he even compares it to cars that, um, uh, you know, people die from cars, but we we think it's uh, we still cal calculate the cost and we think uh, it's worth it to have cars. But let me tell you this. It's actually not a it's an interesting metaphor because think about cars. There's, you know, cars are not designed to kill, but they can be deadly. So we've learned all kinds of lessons on how to keep people safe. Uh, we've added seatbelts. Uh, we require driver's license, right? You got to show that you can drive a car. It's not so with guns. You can, you don't have to pass the test. But with cars, you got to register your car. You got to show that you can use it uh, responsibly. If you abuse your right to drive a car, you can lose the right to drive a car. Uh, you know, we, we've got speed limits and all kinds of things. We've got airbags now. We've had technology. And guns are one of the least evolved industries when it comes to policy and technology. Check this out, y'all. In, in America, there are more, there's more accountability and there's more regulation on toy guns than real guns. Literally, there are more checks and balances on toy guns. And there's more accountability. Like if, if we're playing with a Nerf gun um, and I shoot my, my cousin in the eye, 
Nerf is can be held responsible and can be sued, but the gun industry has this unparalleled immuta. They're 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 untouchable, and that's got to change, right? So I want to also offer just a few other things. In the last couple of minutes that you know I think we we got to talk about the heart problem, but here's the deal. We can have a gun problem and a heart problem. We can God, we can pray that God will heal hearts, but then God may be looking to us to change some policies. I like how Martin Luther King said, a law cannot make you love me, but it can make it harder for you to kill me. <laughs> and we need to make it harder for people to kill. Right now we're making it so easy. So I want to just throw out a few things, and this is not going to be an exhaustive list, but just a few. Uh, uh, of When we talk about common sense gun laws, common sense changes, people sometimes say, what, what do you mean by that? Well, here's a few of them, just to throw them out there. Maybe we could limit the number of handguns that one person can purchase. We often call these bills. There's one in Pennsylvania right now. One handgun a month. It would allow one person to, to purchase 12 handguns in a year. <laughs> I know people in other countries are going, what in the world? But even a sensible law that would limit, who needs more than 12 handguns, pistols in a year? Someone who's not making the world safer and is probably making a lot of money off of guns, right? So, uh, you know, we know that um, 18 to 20-year-olds 20, 20 are responsible for a disproportionate amount of gun violence. So maybe we raise the, the age limit, right? Um, uh, to 21. I mean, it's you, you, there are many states where you you can't even rent a car or buy a beer, but you can get an AR-15 or you can get a handgun. Uh, uh, domestic abusers should not have access to guns. We know someone that's been convicted of hurting their own family members is likely to do uh, real um uh, to escalate that violence in, in, in homicide or to even do that domestic dom domestic homicide in their own family. So um, that's why we need the background checks and, you know, limiting the capacity guns can shoot without reloading. As a lot of folks say 10, you know, my hunting friends say you don't need 10 rounds to shoot a deer. So let's keep thinking, y'all. We need some policy changes and we need followers of Jesus who love the Prince of Peace to be pro-life and to advocate for life, to choose to protect our kids rather than our guns. Thanks for listening, y'all. I'll talk to you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.